salt wasn't meant to taste like copper. I spit, and blood flecked the weather-beaten deck of the Unbound, a smear of accusation against the endless blue. When a ship bleeds, it isn't a good sign, but neither is it new. I scanned the horizon, the wind carrying distant whispers, or was it just the seagull's cry warped by the breeze? I couldn't make it out, and the men were already muttering. Superstition is a sailor's most constant companion. Mine, too, though I'd chain it tighter than a mutineer. Captain Brinehart, Hawkins, my first mate, a man loyal as barnacles, shuffled towards me with none of his usual swagger. Word from below, Fletcher's bunk is empty. My hand found its way to the hilt of my sabre, a familiar weight. Losing a rat to desertion wouldn't normally bring a hand this close to steel, but these weren't normal times. The third one this month? Hawkins nodded, his face pale beneath his sunburnt skin. Aye, Captain. Damnation! I hissed. Not just the loss of men, but the creeping fear. It was the stories, the whispers of how the men vanished. No notes, no bodies, just the night swallowing them whole, and the damned tales of those damned sirens. I'd scoffed with the best of them. My crew knew Captain Brinehart didn't hold with superstition, with mythical sea witches luring men to watery graves. There are real enough monsters in the deep, toothy ones, and men themselves, black-hearted as any kraken, those are the things worth fearing. Yet, there was a coldness now, a sense of eyes upon us, of being not the hunter, but the hunted. Any sign of struggle? I asked. Ritual? Pattern? There must be some logic to this. Some way to beat it. Just his sea bag gone like the others. Hawkins's gaze dropped. Talk spreading, sir. About the song. The song. That damned siren's call. I'd heard it only in the hushed corners of taverns. A sailor's half-whispered tale meant to terrify landlubbers. It's wind and whiskey in their heads, I growled louder than I needed to. But Hawkins flinched, the courage normally burning bright in his eyes dim. If it had a grip on my first mate, then the whole damn crew was liable to unravel. Captain, he started, carefully as a man threading a frayed rope. Maybe, maybe tis best we head for port, let the whispers die down. I barked a laugh, harsher than I meant. Port, retreat like a cur from a ghost story? Captain Brinehart, the man who'd steered his vessel straight through a squall that ripped three other ships asunder, fears a harsher mistress than any storm, Hawkins, and she'll leave us shipwrecked and broken. He straightened, shame stiffening his spine. Aye, Captain. But in that I heard agreement only with habit, not conviction. I rubbed a weary hand over my face. Salt spray or something else left trails like tears on my rough skin. Was the sea weeping, or had Captain Brinehart finally run aground on the rocks of madness? I wasn't broken yet, not by a damn song. We sail on, Hawkins. Tell the men if a siren's voice is what calls them. Then we'll meet the witch head on, and may the devil take the coward. Words spoken loud taste the weakest on the tongue afterward. Once alone, staring into the fading light, I let doubt settle into the creak of my bones. I was Captain Brinehart, weathered, pragmatic, 
unswayed by superstition. But the sea had turned into an unfamiliar beast, and the stories, they were beginning to sound far too much like truth. The sun was a blistering eye in the sky the next day, searing my ship into a furnace where sweat dripped hotter than molten tar. Under normal circumstances, a storm would have been a welcome relief, but with the crew jumpy as cats in a thunderstorm, a tempest was the last thing we needed. Instead, we were becalmed in an ocean turned to glass, reflecting back the men's haunted eyes. We plugged our ears, some with wax, others with torn strips of shirts, all of us with desperation. It was a useless gesture, that much I knew. If the sirens existed, if their melody had already sunk its claws into my men, no amount of cloth could save them. Still, we clung to routine like a lifeline. Hawkins did his best, bellowing orders the wind refused to carry. It was the semblance of action that kept the men from unravelling entirely, even as they twitched at every creak of the ship or gull's cry. I stayed on the quarterdeck, a stoic statue under the sun, a bulwark against the encroaching panic. Yet inside my gut twisted, a knot tighter than any sailor's hitch. The waiting was the worst part. It wasn't the siren's song I feared. Not truly, but the fear of it. Fear spreads faster than rot at sea, devouring a crew from the inside out. As the sun began its descent, I knew we wouldn't last another night like this. I couldn't read men's faces anymore. Couldn't see past the wide-eyed terror to find my loyal crew beneath. Hawkins! My voice rasped through the stillness. We make for the nearest isle, drop anchor and get them on land before nightfall. The relief on Hawkins's face mirrored my own. An anchor meant solid ground underfoot, a reprieve from this floating isolation. Perhaps on land, the siren's song would lose its grip. The whispers of the wind would just be that. Whispers. It was a small, desolate rock we landed on, barely more than a spit of scrub and craggy peaks. The men rushed ashore, desperation turning their usually ordered movements into a stampede. Easy, lads, I roared, regaining a fragment of control. We make camp, ration our supplies. We stay till dawn, then straight back to the unbound. A few men grumbled, but none dared outright defiance with the memory of empty bunks fresh in their minds. We built meagre fires, the flames wavering weakly against the backdrop of a sky swiftly bruising purple and indigo. The sun dipped below the horizon, leaving us in a twilight neither day nor night, a time ripe for spectres to rise. The men hunched around the fires, muttering prayers or dirty jokes, anything to fill the silence that stretched out long and cold. It was then, through the crackle of the flames, I heard it. Not a song, not exactly. A keening wail, high and mournful, carried on the salt-laced breeze. It rose and fell, a disturbing blend of a woman's lament and the scream of a dying beast. There, Hawkins whispered beside me, face bleached as canvas. The song, the men, bless their cowardly souls, were too mesmerized by terror to flee. They stared towards the source of the sound, eyes glazed and vacant, bodies swaying like seaweed in the current. Sweet mother of Neptune, I choked out the oath. This wasn't superstition anymore. This was as real, as tangible as the sword at my hip. Hawkins, Hawkins, snap out of it. 
My bellow cracked against the whale, utterly useless against the siren's enchantment. I watched in horror as my men, one by one, rose to their feet and began stumbling toward the darkness at the edge of our light. There, waves crashed against the rocks, their white spray glittering in the moonlight. And from that tumult, that wail, it pulled them in. This was no gentle seduction, no lullaby. This call ripped at the soul, a demand to be answered. Madness, pure and unadulterated, poured from the ocean. And my men were pouring into it like water spilled from a cracked barrel. Panic was a hammer against my skull, deafening, blinding. My men, my responsibility, were walking blindly to their doom. And damn me, Captain Brinehart, hardened sailor, was rooted in place, my mind a shattered mast in a storm. Then the first of them reached the edge. O'Malley, it was, a lanky Irishman with a laugh like seagulls. He didn't cry out, didn't even look back at the firelight he was abandoning. Just walked straight off the rocks and into the churning water that glowed malevolent under the starlit sky. That snapped something within me. Not courage, but a feral desperation. I roared and charged toward the remaining men, barreling into them and sending us all tumbling to the sandy ground. Cowards! I bellowed, my face close enough to smell the fear sweat drenching their skin. Run to your bloody grave, why don't you? And leave the captain to face the witch alone! The shock seemed to pierce the siren's enchantment. They blinked dumbly, as if waking from a nightmare. With renewed vigour, I hauled them back towards the fires, shoving them down while I paced the fringes of our pitiful camp, sword drawn. My voice cut through the night. The song bewitched you, but I'll be damned if the sea takes another one. Captain, Hawkins sputtered, crawling to my side. What do we do? Do we survive, simple as that. And how? My mind circled, searching, grasping. If plugging ears with rags did nothing to stop this, this enchantment, then maybe we needed to drown it out. Bang on pots, I shouted, seizing a cooking kettle and swinging a spoon to make a deafening clang. Sing! Yell! Scream! We make a noise louder than the sirens can manage! At first, the men hesitated. Fear and desperation warred behind their eyes. Then, one by one, they followed suit, smashing pots, roaring curses, howling like a pack of deranged coyotes. The cacophony was horrific, the opposite of the siren's mournful call. But maybe that was the point. The keening did not fade right away. Over our din it seemed to sharpen, a jagged edge of malice slicing into my skin. Some of the men whimpered and huddled closer to the dwindling fires, but we didn't lose another. As the stars began to pale, the wailing retreated. It vanished gradually like a ship disappearing into fog, leaving behind the remnants of our own ragged breaths and the thundering of my heart. We had survived the night. Yet as the first hint of dawn touched the horizon, I knew it was only the start. The sirens weren't gone. They'd return with the next night, their song perhaps stronger, their pull more seductive. I wasn't just fighting the sea anymore. I was warring against something born of myth, fueled by madness. My gaze swept over the drawn, hollowed faces of my remaining crew. How long could we stay on this wretched rock? surrounded by the sirens' whispers. How long before the noise we made couldn't compete anymore? 
And how long before our own fear, the fear I saw reflected back in their eyes, turned into the very song that would end us. Dawn came like a sick joke. The sickly green tinge of the light mirrored the faces of my crew, men whose weathered countenances had turned ashen overnight. The taste of copper was back in my mouth, sharper this time, like I was bleeding from the inside out. Captain, Hawkins said quietly, we can't stay here. Not another night. He was repeating my own thoughts, and they filled me with a despair deeper than any ocean trench. Where then? I rasped. Home was a fool's dream, too distant, the siren's mark likely hanging heavy over all familiar waters. Other islands? Maybe, if we were lucky. But that was a gamble I didn't like. Out here, in the lonely expanse of the sea, the song had found us. Then an idea, as desperate as it was audacious, sparked in the back of my mind. I surveyed the rocky isle, its meagre brush and jutting peaks, then turned my focus to the source of our torment. The sea. Hawkins. I began slowly testing the words, I've a thought, a gamble. Desperate times. His voice trailed off, not in dismissal, but weary acceptance that clutching at straws was our only option left. The song, I mused, mostly to myself. It comes from the depths, yes? The sirens, they're creatures of the sea, bound to it. I looked back at the men, many still huddled in terror, but a hint of interest sparking in their desolate gazes. Aye, Captain, someone piped up, the words raspy and uncertain. Land is our sanctuary, I continued, my own conviction growing, fueled by the absurdity of the plan. For now, but then, what if we took the fight to them? Murmurs spread through the crew faster than mutiny might normally. Hawkins gawked at me, the shock rendering him momentarily speechless. To them, Captain, he finally choked out. To the depths? Are you mad? Perhaps? My grin was a shark's grin mixed with desperation and a touch of madness I had never fully embraced before. But what if the song can't reach us down there, below the waves, in their world? We had nothing left to lose. Our sanctuary was a prison under a death sentence, the clock ticking down to the next dusk when the sirens would reclaim us. The day was spent in frenzied preparation. We scoured the island for anything useful, rocks to weigh us down, Lengths of sturdy kelp to act as ropes. Bits of broken wood we could wedge into our mouths as crude breathing devices. As the sun dipped low, casting long shadows mimicking the spectres we feared, we stood on the precipice of our madness. Hawkins, ever loyal, was at my side. Captain, we need not all do this. A few men. I cut him off. All of us. If it works, we survive together. If it fails... I clapped a hand on his shoulder, a silent plea for forgiveness. We'd either beat the song at its source or meet our maker with defiance in our eyes, not terror. One by one, clumsy and fearful, we plunged into the water. It was a baptism by fear, not faith. The cold was a shock, momentarily driving the horrors of the song from my mind. We sank, weighted down, the light fading fast, replaced by the eerie glow that surrounded the aisle. Down, down we went. My breathing tube was pitifully short, lungs beginning to burn just as the pressure threatened to crush me. But then I saw it. Not sirens, not the creatures of my nightmares, but a bloom. Algae shining mysteriously, 
clinging to jagged rocks below. It was the lure drawing men to their doom. My crew, near bursting, surrounded me, eyes wide with a terror that was, thankfully, not born of the song. I gestured wildly, smashing as much of the algae as I could, the sea blooming cloudy and obscuring. We resurfaced, gasping, dragging ourselves ashore like half-drowned rats. The song, blessedly, was gone. Not banished, I knew, but muffled enough to leave our minds our own. Had we won? Or was this just a temporary reprieve? I didn't know, and as the stars winked into existence, I had a dreadful feeling we'd soon find out. We didn't have the time to rest after our plunge into the abyss. The taste of victory was ash in my mouth. Victory against algae, not the sirens themselves. The reprieve, however, was vital. Sleep-deprived, with minds ragged from fear and the song haunting our thoughts, we wouldn't have lasted another onslaught. Hawkins rallied the crew into scavenging what they could to build crude shelters. We gathered stones and piled them into pitifully small walls, strung salvage bits of sailcloth between them for flimsy roofs. A storm would tear through our improvised village like wind through tissue. But storms weren't our current concern. The moon rose, full and fat, casting an eerie pallor over our desolation. The cold seeped into the marrow of my bones, a chill deeper than any ocean current could induce. Even with our desperate actions, a sense of inevitable doom hung heavy. Each creak of settling rock or distant splash sounded like the siren's return. I found my own pathetic lean-to and collapsed into it. Exhaustion finally overtook fear, dragging me into a fitful sleep haunted by spectral shapes and the unending wail. I woke in a cold sweat, heart pounding, and knew with bleak certainty it wasn't over. The night was still deep when I heard the first scream, that terrible high-pitched cry split the air, a death rattle disguised as a siren's lament. I scrambled to my feet, sword grasped tight, but the cry, it came from higher up, from one of the rocky peaks. The peak was bathed in the same unholy glow that had surrounded the algae. It took me a moment, my eyes stinging with terror and sleepless nights, to realize why. There in the glow was a figure. No siren, but one of my own crew. Smithers he had been, a timid lad, barely out of boyhood. He stood stark against the luminous backdrop, arms outstretched, his face a mask of rapturous despair. His next scream was cut short as he leapt from the cliff's edge, his body a ragdoll against the unforgiving rocks. The song. It hadn't come from the sea this time. The sirens, damn their black souls, had somehow tainted the very air itself. We had battered down one door, only to have another burst wide open. Captain! Captain Brinehart! Hawkins's voice, taut with terror, broke through my horrified inaction. I blinked back the tears, blurring my vision. A captain had no time for them. I found my second mate near the meagre campfire, his eyes wide and pleading. It's everywhere, sir. The song in the whisper of the wind, the hiss of the surf. Men... They hear it different now, Captain. He choked back a sob. I stared bleakly at the remnants of the crew cowering around their shelters, some clutching rocks like weapons, others murmuring prayers. We had become the hunted, our island sanctuary now a gilded cage. 
The sirens played their final cruel song, turning the very world against us. The air we breathed, the water we craved, the land beneath our boots. Survival wasn't about bravery anymore. There was no siren to slay, no storm to outlast. This enemy was within us, our fear, our despair, the unravelling of our very minds. It dawned on me then, with a chilling clarity, how the sirens truly claimed their victims, not with song in the traditional sense, but by turning sanity itself into the melody of doom. Desperation is an odd bedfellow. It sparks mad schemes alongside crippling defeat. Facing down the sirens' new tactics, I knew I was outmatched, but damned if I'd let them claim another man without a fight. Hawkins! I barked, and the strength in my voice surprised even myself. Gather the men, those still strong enough at least. He obeyed with a spark of his old resolve, rallying what was left of my crew around the pitiful remains of the fire. We numbered less than half what we'd been. The ocean had claimed some, and the insidious song, the rest. Men, I began, forcing each word from a choked throat. We cannot outrun the song. We cannot outfight it. My gaze swept over their faces, gaunt and drawn. This wasn't a rousing speech anymore. It was a deathbed confessional. But we can deny them. My voice rose, fueled by the last vestiges of defiance. We can deny them their victory. You hear the song, so do I. It calls to us, to give in, to seek solace in the waves. But we're seafarers, men of will. They stared back at me, not with comprehension, but with the dull gleam of resignation. Had I been in their shoes, perhaps I'd feel the same. Hawkins, I turned to my second, bring the rum. He hesitated. Rationing had been severe, every drop of fresh water and bite of food accounted for. Rum was beyond our means, and more than a few men were already too far gone to be saved by anything short of a miracle. Sir, the rum, I'm not asking Hawkins, I'm ordering. My voice brooked no argument. The men, every last one, deserves a drink, a good drink. The rum, what little we had left, appeared. Battered tin mugs were passed around. The men drank, some eagerly, most hesitantly. Their eyes, dull with the encroaching siren song, began to sparkle with something else. Now, I commanded, burn what's left, the huts, the supplies, this whole damned island. Leave nothing for the sirens, nothing for them to turn against us. There was a collective gasp, followed by a scrambling to obey. Our pathetic shelters, meagre as they were, went up in flames quickly. We burned what food we couldn't carry, tossed precious tools into the fire. It was an act of madness, of utter defiance. If the sirens wanted us, they'd have to wade through ashes to get us. Then, as the island burned behind us, we returned to our battered ship. The Unbound, with her empty bunks and memories of what we'd once been, seemed almost welcoming compared to the hell we were leaving. We set sail. There was no destination planned. Not truly. Just out. Out and away from the reach of the siren's song. Each creak of the ship sounded like the wail in my head. Each lapping wave against the hull whispered promises of peace. But I fought it back. We all did. I took the helm myself, hands white-knuckled on the wheel. 
Hawkins stayed by my side, a silent bulwark against my own encroaching despair. Captain? Hawkins's voice was a whisper cutting through the wind and my own ragged thoughts. Captain, you see something? He was pointing to the dying embers of the island, now shrinking in the distance. A form wreathed in smoke stood upon the highest peak, bathed in the orange glow. At first, I thought it a trick of the eye, a product of my exhausted mind. But as we drew further away, the figure solidified. A woman tall and unearthly, clad in mist. Her silhouette stood stark against the fire, arms outstretched as if in triumphant farewell. It was her, the siren not as I imagined her, but as the core of all those myths. Her song did not follow us this time. It was enough to know she was there, a testament to our failure, a haunting promise that the sea would never truly be ours again. As the island disappeared, swallowed by smoke and distance, I looked away, out towards the endless grey. Days melded into a hazy torment. The remnants of my crew sailed the unbound, not like experienced seafarers, but like men drifting through a fever dream. The siren's song repeated, sometimes loud, sometimes faint, but always there like a heartbeat hammered into my very skull. Sleep came in ragged snatches, riddled with nightmares of spectral shapes and the unending wail. Each time I woke, the song's grip seemed tighter, my own mind a traitor ready to deliver me straight into the abyss. Rations dwindled to the point where a seagull looked like a feast. Yet, none of the men jumped, flung themselves to the promise of an end to their torment. We held on, bound by desperation as surely as a rope binding a man to a sinking ship. Hawkins never left my side. His loyalty was a guiding star in the darkness, even as the same relentless call tugged at him too. There were days when his eyes glazed over, the spark of resistance fading, and I'd have to shake him, slap him, do anything to drag him back from the precipice. But then, he'd return the favour when it was my turn to stare vacantly into the endless blue. Then came the storm. It rose from the horizon with the sudden fury that made the sea such a fickle mistress. One moment we were becalmed under a pitiless sun, the next engulfed in churning waves and wind that tore at our sails like a monstrous bird of prey. For a mad, exhilarating instant, I welcomed it. The roar of the wind drowned out the insidious song. The rain, though it stung, felt like a benediction, washing away the siren's taint. This was a fight I understood, a battle against nature, not my own sanity. The Unbound fought back with a tenacity I barely recognised. My crew, on the brink of despair, were roused with the threat of a more immediate doom. We clung to ropes, bailed water relentlessly, patched gaping holes in the hull. And for a while, that became our world. The fight for survival banished the song, at least for a time. Yet nature, like any mistress, is capricious. When the storm abated, leaving the sea gasping and the unbound battered but afloat, so returned the insidious melody. It was weaker now, fainter, but still it wormed its way into our ravaged souls. The calm was more terrible than the storm. The sun, blazing anew, seemed to sear the song into my skin. Hawkins collapsed beside me, gasping not from exertion this time, but the agony of resistance. 
Tears streamed down his face, leaving salty trails on his unshaven cheeks. No more, Captain. I can't. No more, he sobbed, and it was less plea than surrender. Before I could find words to coax him back, he was on his feet, stumbling towards the ragged rail. His eyes were fixed on the water, that impossibly endless blue, and his face wore a terrible, twisted smile. I lunged too late. Hawkins vaulted over the side, his body shattering the illusion of a gentle sea. His cry was swallowed instantly by the waves, leaving me on my knees, my voice cracking on an oath that would follow him into the silent depths. It was the breaking point. Some of the men followed Hawkins' example. Others simply curled into themselves, rocking back and forth and muttering incoherently. I didn't stop them, couldn't even muster the will. I stared at the water, a part of me aching to join them in that escape. Yet beneath even the crushing despair defiance endured. If Captain Brinehart was to go, it would be sword in hand, and with a curse that could shake the heavens themselves. The Unbound, that once proud ship, was now a floating coffin drifting through a sea of madness. Men huddled in its corners whimpering or stared into the depths with eyes that no longer reflected the sky. My crew, my responsibility, were wraiths fading before my eyes. And I, their captain, their supposed rock, felt myself slipping ever closer to the abyss alongside them. A movement on the horizon broke my numb staring. A ship. Its sails were tattered, its hull battered, but by all the gods of the sea, it was a ship. Hope, that traitorous siren, flared like a torch within me. I staggered to my feet, my voice a hoarse croak. A ship! A sail! Look, men! I pointed a shaking finger, my heart pounding a desperate rhythm against my ribs. The reaction was muted. A few heads lifted, vacant eyes blinked. Then one man, a shadow of his former self, rose slowly. He stared towards the other ship, and a spark no bigger than a flint lit his eyes. He turned, faced the rest of the crew, and shouted, his voice surprisingly strong, A ship! We're not alone! We can do this! It was the catalyst. With groans and moans, the rest of the men began to rouse. Despair still clung to them like barnacles, but amidst it all, something else had awakened. Survival instinct. I bellowed orders, more to remind myself what a captain was supposed to do than in expectation of them being followed. Yet they moved, slowly, shakily, clinging to ropes and hauling themselves to their feet. Our movements were more akin to the walking dead than sailors, but damn it, we were moving. The unknown vessel was closer now, enough to make out figures on the deck just as ragged and desperate looking as we were. As we drew alongside, hands appeared over the railing, not in threat, but in offer. Ahoy! Are you alive in there? We saw your fires! A voice, a woman's voice, rough but laden with a desperate need for connection, rang across the water. Barely! I choked back a sob. Barely, but I, we live! Ropes were thrown, clumsy hands grabbed at them. With help from the crew of the other ship, we were hauled aboard, a pitiful sight to behold. As I stumbled across the deck, the world tilting precariously, I finally managed to focus on the woman who had hailed us. She was weathered, lined and missing an eye beneath a ragged patch. Her crew was no better, a motley collection of the sea's rejects. 
Captain Ellis, she rasped, extending a rough hand for me to shake. Welcome to the Dawnbreaker. I took her hand, feeling the same calluses on her skin as my own. Captain Brinehart, I rasped back. And then I collapsed. When I awoke, it was to the blessed absence of the siren's song. Rough blankets covered me, and the ship rocked with the familiar motion of the sea, not the maddening stasis we'd endured. A cup of something bitter and surprisingly warm was pressed into my hand. Drink, Captain Ellis's voice ordered with a harshness that felt like a balm against the siren's seduction. Rum and some herbs to steady your mind. You and your men, you've seen her, haven't you? It was not a question, but an accusation. I nodded, the bitter brew burning a trail down my raw throat. The siren, I whispered, the word tasting of salt and defeat. She grunted and leaned back, the missing eye giving her face a terrible, skewed beauty. I thought as much. You're further gone than most I've found. Takes a strong spirit to hold on as long as you did. My men, I started, only to falter. What was left to say? Half were lost to the song, the other half shadows of their former selves. We'll do what we can, she said, surprising kindness in her rasping voice. The Dawnbreaker is a sanctuary of sorts, for the ones the sirens didn't entirely claim. Hope bloomed anew, small and battered but persistent. I looked at this woman scarred and grim, at the haven she offered. Perhaps in this desolate corner of the world, we might find some semblance of peace, or at least the strength to silence the haunting melody within our own souls. Life aboard the Dawnbreaker was a far cry from the ordered existence of my old ship. Captain Ellis led with an iron fist, but there was a strange mercy beneath it. The crew, many ravaged by the siren's song, were not expected to perform like seasoned sailors, but simply to survive. Each day was a battle against the song's haunting presence, against the despair that filled the hollow spaces the melody had created within them. I was treated with a grim respect born from shared experience. Ellis, in her own harsh way, tried to draw me out, to force me past the brooding silence I retreated into. Hiding won't do you any favours, Brinehart. She'd growl over a mug of her noxious brew. Face the damned song, fight it here, where you've got solid wood beneath your feet, not the pull of the abyss. And so I'd stagger to the railing, stare down at the churning water, and wait. The song was there, a haunting hum beneath the roar of the waves. I'd clench my jaw, nails digging crescent wounds into my palms, anything for a pain that was real, a pain that didn't come from inside. The rest of my men fared no better, some far worse. A few succumbed entirely, vanishing in the night to seek the watery solace they craved. Ellis would shake her head with a grim twist of her lips, but none intervened. One day, as I stood at my self-appointed vigil by the rail, a new face joined me. He was older, his hair white and skin like tanned leather. His eyes, a startling green, gazed not at the sea, but at me. You're Brineheart, I, he said, his voice surprisingly gentle for one of the Dawnbreaker's crew. Aye, I grunted, my focus on the water and the song that whispered within it. Name's Fisher, he continued, unperturbed by my lack of courtesy. I saw you come aboard. Strong spirit you have, 
but it's fraying. He wasn't wrong. Each day the song seemed louder, my resolve weaker. I glanced at him, annoyed and strangely touched by the concern in his weathered face. You fight it too? I asked. He nodded a slow, sad motion. Aye, ever since I lost my Margaret. A hint of anguish crossed his features. The sirens took a part of me then, he confessed. They left me hollowed out, just like you. Suddenly, I felt compelled to speak. I told him of Hawkins, of my crew, and the island we had burned. The shame, the anger, and the sorrow poured out of me like poison. I knew this old man, barely a name and a face to me, was now burdened with my tale. And yet, a strange relief washed over me the first easing of the knot in my gut since the song took hold. Fisher listened, and when I finished, he placed a gnarled hand on my shoulder. You'll find your way, boy, he said, or you won't. But fighting alone, that's how you sink for sure. The Dawnbreaker became more than a refuge. It became a battlefield. Men broken and haunted shared their stories around lanterns at night. We learned new ways to fight. Some sang shanties to drown out the song. Others pounded on drums till their hands blistered. It was clumsy, chaotic, and sometimes it even worked. As for me, with Fisher's patient prodding, I faced my ghosts. Each night he'd find me at the rail and sit beside me. While the song tugged at my soul, he'd tell stories of Margaret, of their life before the sea claimed her. Her laughter and her courage became an example against the siren's despair. One stormy night, the song rose with the ferocity of the wind. Men shrieked, some curled into whimpering balls, and the despair threatened to swallow me whole. That's when I saw it, not the siren upon the rocks, but a battered tin cup filled with Ellis's vile brew. An anchor in the tempest of my spirit. A laugh tore out of me, a harsh, rusty sound. The siren's call couldn't fight laughter, couldn't drown out the defiance of the human spirit. I turned, sought out Fisher in the maelstrom, grabbed a drum and pounded out a heartbeat to rival the storm and the song within us. The battle raged on. Some days we won small victories, others we succumbed. The Dawnbreaker sailed on, filled now not just with the siren haunted, but with those who refused to be claimed. We were a fleet of the damned, and damn it, we would fight until our last breath, if not for victory, then for the simple right to choose our end. It was enough.